friend. Welcome to another episode of Travel Light with Chase Reeves. I'm your host, Chase Reeves. You can find out more about this place, chasereeves.co. That's my website right now, chasereeves.co. I'll probably get the .com at some point. We'll see. On this episode, we're talking about leaving the white picket fence to pursue some life on the road. It's more popular than ever for people to either be living on the road or van life or, you know, getting a little more traveler in their life. So I invited my wife, Melissa Reeves, commensurate badass, woman's worker, womb healer, womb haver, (laughs) epic woman of the world on to describe some of our life and help you get six lessons that we have learned in our traveling together. So, all right, we have been traveling for, how long have we been traveling? Three years and one month and eight days. Three years and one month and eight days. And it really, it began with going to Mexico, right? It did. Began with my business partner, Corbett Barr. He and his wife had gotten into a rhythm of going down to Mexico during like some cold months. And um and anyways, we, we ended up joining them there and like that and, and just kind of one week away in February led to two or three or four weeks away or eventually longer. And and it was awesome because we could do this. We could, you know, indep- we can move independently. We could work anywhere was the dream, right? For a long time, you were doing real estate. Yeah, so a week or two away was all I could manage. And then over time my real estate career became more flexible because of the team that I built. And so I could get away for three or four weeks. Yeah. And that kind of started us traveling. Mm -hmm. What I'd love to do in this conversation is give people some insights about, uh, about like, what, what did, what did you, what did we, what should people really know? We each, we each put like three things down, like three things that we've learned or three things that you should understand about what I'm calling like leaving the white picket fence. Because we had a life in Portland. Yeah, a really good one. <laughs> we said goodbye to it. And now, you know, is it is it possible to regret that? <laughs> <laughs> yes, and, I, and sometimes we do. Because the house that we had there was, was awesome in a great location. Brand new construction that we were involved in designing almost everything inside the house. Yeah. We had a life. <laughs> Like on one of the, one of these, like on, on like a corner lot in Portland that is just like an epic neighborhood. And not just the house, the the friends, mm-hmm. some of our closest friends still to this day, people who um, we were there when they had their kids. They were there when we had our kids in lots of ways. It's like they supported us through. Etney was born in that house. Etney was born in that house. Yeah. I remember that. <laughs> Labor so still so traumatizing for me in so many ways. It's like such a real experience because it's the best and it's not the best also <laughs> it's hard <laughs> it's so it's so hard but you're right we had etney there and we uh and anyway so community support friendship uh schools that our kids were in um 
and I think the school piece is, is we never felt like like the school piece was ever like epic. We were always kind of just like picking. We, we were we were in something good in Portland, but for, I didn't feel personally very connected to it. It didn't feel like that we shouldn't move on because you know of the deep relationships our kid are you know at the time what seven year old or six year old had with the students at the school he was at right. Yeah, I mean, we we liked the school situation. I think it was other factors that that we want for you know we we moved on for other reasons. Yeah. So uh, let's start talking through our list of things that people should know who they're thinking about because it's become very it's become very durable to like. Oh my god, I'm gonna do this like um, whether it's van life or it's like we're gonna go in a van. And or if or it's it's some sort of like well my husband does email funnels so we can do that from anywhere we've been living in Bali for a while you yeah. know we eat lots of acai bowls we've we've toyed with the van life thing so many times and whenever I tell people that we've traveled they always ask like well they what's your assume, rig yeah. yeah and we've never done the van or the RV although every six months we do get the bug. And we you. convince ourselves, no, you get the bug one, to get one an of the RV. two, one of the two of us does. And then I, you know, go down the rabbit hole of researching it. Oh my God. Well, it, well, the thing is, is it makes tons of sense because even if you're not using it, it's a guest room at your house. I still believe that. <laughs> I, I still want to get an RV that we kind of missed that boat with we COVID. Did. No, right? there's like no RVs to be found. No, you cannot get an RV. That's it is right. impossible. That's all right. We, we, you know so like maybe maybe point number zero is knowing what you want is actually kind of a challenging thing this was in the previous conversation with james clear that's a lot of the conversation focuses on this like how important it is to be specific with the ideas around what you want well i would say that for us starting to travel was more of a statement about what we didn't want than yeah. what we did want. And, and we and did not know yet what I we think, wanted. I think we exactly. still don't fucking know yeah, what we, we want. still don't know what we want. Yeah. There's still... We just we just have a growing list of things we know we don't want. Which is a way of clarifying what you want. And and honestly, the travel and the on-the-roadness is all a means of discovering and exploring what we want. Yeah, but it's also a means of creating too many options for yourself and an inability to to really identify what you want yeah and be happy with a choice that you've made yeah yeah i think you're bang on okay so uh do you want to go first with your first point do you want me to go first how do you feel um uh, you can go first okay i'll go first let's see um i wrote down uncertainty is not the same thing as insecurity Hmm. What do you hear in that? Well, when I think of security, I think of, I think more of a feeling mm -hmm. with security, whereas uncertainty feels like more of a, maybe more of a thought process. I don't know. That's partly what comes to my mind. I think of my root chakra, which is very insecure at the moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can attest to that. <laughs> <laughs> I was down there the other day, and I'm like, babe, <laughs> just kidding. The uh, I wasn't down there the other day. <laughs> that brings me to my point number one. All right. Well, hold on a second. Um, insecurity is not the same thing as uncertainty, right? So uncertainty is every day when you're in transit, 
Mm-hmm. It's one of the things that ends up being such a shock to the system in a good way, I think. When you travel to someplace new, you have no daily established daily rhythms in that place. <coughs> Got it. When you travel somewhere and you have no established daily rhythms in that place, you're constantly observing more. You're, you're like, there's so much more to take in. It's a completely different, rich environment of, it's a target rich environment, you know, and there's uncertainty, but openness. That is not the same thing as insecurity, which is something we've, I think, had quite a bit of a tussle with Yeah. in our prolonged travel. Insecurity can you know really <laughs> unsettle your root chakra right can yeah. really f- make you feel um i can be traveling on the road and still feel grounded how do i feel grounded? i feel grounded in my relationship with you right in our family unit right right and maybe your personal practices in the f- personal practices and daily rhythms of our family mm-hmm. in the con- connections and relationships we might have there oftentimes we're p- traveling someplace that we know somebody that we haven't seen in a while right like meeting new people or whatever there can be um there can be a kind of security in the uncertainty in the, you know, but there's also this other thing where it's, where an insecurity can grow. Um, and this is related to what you were talking about before with, with sometimes traveling and being on the road can just be an excuse to not choose, mm-hmm. you know, and almost an aversion to choosing and a fear of putting down roots in some ways, right? So yeah. to me, this is just more of a philosophical idea that I think is helpful to have in the mind that like, all right, Notice that there's going to be some unse- like like uncertainty, and notice the difference between that and insecurity. I'm I'm personally a very insecure person, so I like I'm constantly navigating that, and a lot of my spiritual practices over the years has been like getting hey maybe that's not a bad thing. Maybe security, like the Buddhists say, is really a myth, and insecurity is an insight. You know, but there is a way in which well, that, think- that can feel very. You can feel very. You know. Castles if, in the sand float in, fall into the sea eventually. If the Buddhists are right about that, what I think they're right about is that security as it relates to external factors or external like supports yeah. is a myth, yeah. right? But internal security, like that sense of actual groundedness. You're saying that Jesus lives in the heart. Jesus lives in the heart. And if, and if you're expecting like, you know, if you're expecting Mother Mary to show up on the yeah. path and show you the way... You might not. You just might not find way. that. Yeah, which is an. Oh, it's just you know. Speaking of the root, like, what is? Can you explain just a second about the root chakra in that context before we go into your next point? Sure. If we're, like, it seems that, that that point is related to the root chakra. Can you connect that? Does that seem like a, re- a relevant connection? Just because. Yeah, I, I mean, it, regardless of you know whether someone is interested in understanding the chakra system, it's it's basically just this idea that at the sort of root or foundation of who we are we we require a sense of stability and security a sense of belonging a sense of i amness right that's sort of the the mantra that goes with the root chakra is like i i am Mm -hmm. i am i am here i am i am like and there's a there's a confidence in that a security in mm -hmm. that in some way that is you know even if you know even if my uh even if my life is not the way i want it to be right i am here 
and I am connected to it's a, this is like when the when Eastern traditions talk about like you know everyone is this like spark of the divine it's this it's this it's this reason to be it's it, you know or maybe maybe better put as like it's this uh, the specialness of existence you mm-hmm. know the like I heard someone some Buddhist talking about how you won the lottery like you got into you got, you effectively got into an Ivy League school by existing in a human form. Yeah. Do you know how rare that is? <laughs> like, I don't know if I metaphysically am like convinced of it, but it's an interesting point. Yeah. You know, it's it's a really interesting point. Not just thinking of the sperm going through the like. But the, you just think about every other life form that exists yeah. and that is so much more mul- multiplicitous or whatever the word is yeah. than than the human species is. You could which, be a vole. You could be a vole or like a bacteria. <laughs> a bacteria. Yeah. Part of a mycelial network or something. So uh, anyways, this concept of security and insecurity, uh, uncertainty and certainty. Can we just say though that like that's, you know, I mean, I'd like to say, oh, we've we've been uncertain, but secure. We haven't. We've been pretty, in, we've become, I mean, we've really wrestled yeah. with insecurity, feeling unstable, feeling like we've kind of lost our lost our way which or, to me honestly as someone who has some drug seeking behavior i kind of like to get knocked off my balance a bit mm. i kind of like to get dizzy have you ever been around a kid that like is getting dizzy and goes like whoa i like this I i'm not that kid <laughs> yeah i i think i've come to terms with the fact that i'm a little bit that kid i never liked roller coasters though like there's a lot of stuff that has always scared me and there's a lot of things about you know uh psychedelics and and ceremonies and things like that that are scary to me you know but so but those but those aren't about insecurity or instability those are about mystery those are about mystery so those are different things and that maybe comes back to the uncertainty but there's there's a kind of wooziness in your system a kind of vertigo like vertigo is something that i experience relatively often now and and i'm actually kind of famous last words i'm sort of unfazed by it you know it's it's like it's like yeah that's just kind of not that it's normal because it's not happening all the time, but but that sense of That's, wobbliness feels more like what it's like to be alive than the false sense of I never wobble. You know, this false sense of of if I'm not steadfast and certain and strong, then something is wrong, right? Like yeah. that. that's not actually what the travel has done for me is help me come to terms with that. But I agree. 100% agree with you that we have gotten quite also I'll call it like acidic in our uncertainty which yeah. is, you know it like just but th- there's an insecurity there that is it actually eats away at you it can actually eat well, away it, it at you. can particularly if the you know the path that meanders into the darkness doesn't emerge again Yes. from the darkness if it takes right? too long if, if, it's if like, the cycle doesn't sort of have a, a regenerative you effect can, you can totally go off into you know I always think of when, when I think of darkness I always think of Joseph Campbell talking about King Arthur um, and there's this huge feast that's all laid out at King Arthur and he's like just the coolest guy everybody's stoked to be there and then bam this vision of the of this golden chalice and he's like whoa something special's going on we cannot feast until we've figured this out we must begin our journey and they ride out to the forest and he says to everyone you must enter the forest in the place that looks darkest to you yeah right 
I think of that when I think of darkness now, and I think it's an apt metaphor for what you're talking about when it's like, oh no, you can get lost in the forest. <laughs> you know, you can particularly if you don't actually have a quest. If you don't have a quest, Melissa, that's so it. It's, it's like because those all of those and if you don't have a if you don't have like something I think sometimes the darkness for me is when I don't have a god I really want to be special and have the universe going like oh don't worry man we are setting this thing up for you you're going to crush this this is made for you brother and I just think that idea has to die part of me thinks that idea should die because it requires me to be more significant than other oh, people. Oh no, I think that idea has to live. I think that that's like the only thing. If you think about, you know, the thing that I've been saying lately is this fucking verse from the Bible. <laughs> Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Right? Yeah. I prepare a table for you in the midst of your enemies. That's it. Th that is the sense that's of different. there's something more or bigger. Or yes, and it has nothing to do with how well this turns out for you. It doesn't. It doesn't actually it have anything. It has nothing to do with if you're going to be in the darkness for forever. But you if know? you lose that sense, then you will. I think you will just wander you can. in the darkness. And that's where the connection through your root, you know, through your entire, the, the bottom of your system, like to the ground of being is so mystical and and so much more than what you can sense or perceive necessarily and it is like yay though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death i take a look at my life and realize there's none left it's so funny that coolio <laughs> is just <laughs> totally owned that verse for me but you I, I don't fear because you're with me yeah you know i don't fear because you're with me and that's so what's that that's presence that's a not aloneness Right, So the most important thing for any of us who are on a spiritual path is this wisdom of like, I can be not alone and not know what the correct course of action is. Well, and not to introduce too many concepts, but all you're talking about is non-duality, which is again, if we come back to the mystery, like what's the difference between mystery or uncertainty and insecurity? Like you can be grounded, you can be secure and also just not have a fucking clue what the next step is going to be i would i would like to say that that's my reality it is some days in some moments it often isn't you know it often does just feel like i'm wandering in the dark mm. okay especially, so especially lately yeah it has gotten a li it's gotten but it always a gets acidic but here's another here's another little um what's the the phrase it, get, it gets darkest before the dawn yeah it's like yeah. Oh, please let that be true yeah it gets darkest and i heard by the way like in, in <laughs> well you told me this one wasn't it about like crypto and bubbles about like bubbles and and like uh real estate or something just remember it feels bad just yeah. like sex it feels best just, <laughs> just before it ends just before it ends <laughs> uh yeah it's a it's a like a you know a, ru a run <laughs> yeah okay so uncertainty not the same thing as insecurity also you know you're a divine spark of <laughs> like, and we have not fucking figured this out because three years one month and eight eight days into this we are about to well and implode. It, I mean, it's been it, anyways I, I think it'll come out again and again that it's actually been we've been that's what we hired this journey to do yeah and you know? and it's it has totally been an adventure there's just a time for not adventuring because the hardest thing in the world is to adventure when you're all nestled in your your 
nest and feeling confident and strong and the challenge there is the risk there is is you don't feel adventure and you don't feel alive and vitality in a way that you maybe think you should or you could and it's your only incarnation you know you're trying to take it seriously and and so you could do rash things uh, my thing my 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 only insight here for number one is just like okay notice that you're stepping into uncertainty and uh and, and that insecurity may may arise may arise and where and and like maybe like for a little you know then not to mention like finances and insecurity there but we'll move on from that but just like you can have connection and support on the road you can like our relationship with uh parents and siblings and friends that we chat with and uh people who help to talk us down from the ledge and help us figure out what we're really going for you know mm-hmm. and that and that has really turned up i think i think some of our friends have really noticed like how are you guys yeah. do you guys need help making decisions <laughs> Because we can help. We'd be happy to give you our advice. <laughs> okay, what's your first point? Well, my first point is that it, it, this is, again, sort of, there's some non-duality in this, but I feel like being on the road has both increased sort of our connection and intimacy as a family and as a couple mm-hmm. by sort of changing the conditions, like just the, you know, the everyday like expectations and rhythms that you rely on and and just get super lost and stuck in in regular life air quotes um but in other ways there's a lot less time and structure for intimacy and for like i mean we haven't had something for example like a regular date night in years you know that no, just has that, that actually when we were living at the Connollys, i know was but that was different we lived in and we, with the gauzes I know, but those were times where we actually lived with other people. Yeah. Right? When we're actually when we're traveling. we're on the road, we don't have any childcare support no, typically. We yeah. really don't. And our kids are at are are at ages and and a specific age difference where there's not an easy way to account for both of them. There's not an easy way to sort of meet both of their needs. Mm-hmm. Um you know, we're kind of having to always piecemeal different solutions for both of them. Mm-hmm. So that I think has been has really both in some ways like I think we'll look back at this time and and realize that wow we're we're a lot more connected and on the same wavelength in a lot of ways but we've also paid a price like we've we've paid a price in terms of you know even frequency of like being able to have sex you know frequency of blowjobs well that's you know that's part of sex right so sure is yeah so I Shout think. Shout out to all the ladies out there. Give blowjobs every now and again. You, I love you, all. Okay. Mostly you. Talking yeah. specifically to you. Yeah. Good. But you know, to your point, there's like literally times and stretches where we're all sharing the same room or having. <laughs> I love how you're just like okay. <laughs> <laughs> so there's times where we're sharing the same room. There really are, yeah. or there's the, and there's and there's like no privacy. There's no, yeah. uh, there's no you know bathroom for cleanup. There's no, you, you got to be quiet. And you do not want to try. I heard somebody on some like This American Life or something talking about being a young kid in the room while mom and dad are getting it on on the bed, and she is like, I'm traumatized by this because the dad wasn't a, a great guy or something, and. Now that's in my head. Like if I, don't, I know. I don't want to do I mean, that to my kids. I don't want to do that you know? to my kids either. But at the same but at time, the same time, I'm a little bit like, hey, what are all, your what mother are, and I are having a conversation? <laughs> well, for the record, let's be really clear that we have never had sex when our children were 
it, it in any way to our knowledge aware of that happening right like that's only ever been we just we just don't do it which is honestly it's too much of a strength that we develop because we come from a purity culture I do it especially I yeah mean, you no too, no but, we both do but like we like we're it's good like at a, not it's having a muscle sex. it's a muscle that we can like we can flex too good at not having sex is yeah. one of the things that's come up in our cause well we tend to just go in spurts we tend to like e- either because of the conditions uh, yeah either because of the conditions and you know housing situation that we have and a combination of that and if we're you know really connected and and feeling the feeling the heat then we'll have tons of sex in like two weeks when we have like some location where yep. it's doable and and that and then we won't ha- we'll re- yeah. we'll have very little sex for like a month or a month and a half which is something something to be said for the change and the shift in things is like that's actually like you and adventures. it's probably more normal than than you know than maybe we think it is we're sort of chalking it up to our crazy lifestyle um but i don't know how much that's different than when we lived on woodward street no we we would tell you life is getting into rhythms of complacency yeah and keeping my sexual connection with you vital well we've identified that that's very much a priority to us very much a priority it's it's a it's something i need to hear your body say to me and like that's what I one of the things we've said a lot it's like there's things we have to say to each other that there are no words for yeah you know and we've experienced that again and again where we may even be really disconnected or really struggling with something that's you know in the air between us and the only thing that actually moves it through the system is it's it's just breaking through (laughs) exactly praise the lord but yes you're right that the the intimacy um, and you know so so it's a priority and yet our life doesn't necessarily reflect that you know we we have this metaphor that we learned from jamie wheel which is you know seeing our sexuality and our sexual connection as a practice right it's bow onto the mat we bow onto the mat so it's like doing yoga in the morning you don't always you don't always feel like it Mm -hmm. and so we we value that we we prioritize that we say we prioritize that but i wouldn't necessarily say that we've really nailed the like the walking out of that. I'm getting kind of hot just thinking about it. We should move on. Okay. What's uh, okay? So my second, my second point here is. Hey, wanted to break in real quick and just let you know that there are show notes for this episode right in your podcast app. And if your podcast app has the capabilities, there'll be links right there. You can link to anything that we talk about in the show. It's really a neat little public service that we offer here. What kind of links, uh, you, you wonder? What kind of links? How about to that badass song that I start and end these shows with from Petey? That's linked to there. Thanks, Petey. Also, our sponsor. This one's from Packed. Packedbags.com slash chase. And that's P-A-K-T, by the way. And oh, look at that at the top right now. There is the backpack that I helped them design, a travel bag that splits down the middle. Nice organization, good looks, really epic for on-the-roadness. But I want to talk about right now their coffee kit. Listen, we're talking about being on the road. One of the things is having your own rhythms. We're going to get into that in a minute. And being able to make good coffee on the road is important, but you don't want to have a huge pile full of coffee stuff. So if it's just you making coffee for yourself, or maybe you've got a spouse or someone in the house that that loves to make coffee personally, the packed all-in-one pour-over coffee kit is actually really cool. 
I'll tell you why. Even if you're not a coffee person, the kettle, the little travel kettle is probably the best travel kettle in terms of its size, the ability to, to boil water fast. It's like actually a lovely design. Kind of crazy that Pact put this out after doing bags before, but Malcolm, he's become a friend of mine. He is actually just a great designer good at thinking about the human moments and this all-in-one coffee kit is absolutely killer uh while you're at it i'll put a link to uh tradecoffee.com my affiliate link if you're into getting some you know monthly coffee delivered to you and you want to support the show you can use that link that's awesome from trade but i will be making that coffee in a packed all-in-one pour-over coffee kit if I had it my way, right? Check this thing out. Packedbags.com slash chase. And I think you get a discount. What's, uh, okay, so my second, my second point here is, uh, this is what I wrote down. Everyday relationships are as important as the place you live and the things you regularly use. Okay, so what I've underlined here is everyday relationships, place, and things, okay? okay? So everyday relationships are as important as the place you live and the things you regularly use. And what I'm specifically talking, what originally I thought of with this was um, exactly what we were talking about, our romantic partnership, like my, my connection with you and our kids, our family unit. Those have always been our everyday relationships. Those are yeah. more, more than anything else, our everyday thing, especially when we're on the road and we don't have childcare and there's no schools that our kids are going to. And I think a lot of people are feeling this right now where it's like, yeah, what was your no, going? No, keep going. Where it's, it's like your connection there and your everyday relationships is, is a central. And if that is going smoothly, your whole life gets better, mm-hmm. right? rising tide floats all boats kind of situation. If those relationships yeah. are going well, things are going well. And, and that is something that I see people prioritizing place or things over that often. Not necessarily right. on paper or philosophically, but people don't realize that they're doing that. We get complacent yeah. and we start thinking more about the new TV or phone. or Right, the, the thing that's going to make our life better. Those are the things and then there's the place you're in. So many people are changing places right now and getting into a house. And like then that's going to really change things. But guess what? Wherever you go, there you are. Yeah. Right? So this is one of the huge insights of being on the road. And one of the big blessings of it is we, I remember being like in some place, having a good rhythm, like San Diego house, the big house, for example, and where we were for like over, over a year. And then realizing we we're going to get back on the road. And it was like, oh man, we were like dusting off a... You know, yeah. we were working out a muscle that had not been worked out in a while. And what it comes of that is eventually a better family tie and a, and a better sense of those everyday relationships. But that's on the other side <laughs> of some bullshit. Yeah. You know? Of a real rough, of some rocky seas. <laughs> totally. I mean, not only did we have that long stop in San Diego, but we had sort of experimented with a communal living situation that was the most communal we'd ever done. You know, we've always had people live with us, but for 10 months we lived in a home with another family of five with entirely shared common spaces, 
you know, no, like, oh, you guys can rent the, you know, the apartment in yeah. the basement kind no, of thing. No, they moved like, two of their daughters out of one bedroom, so there was four daughters. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when we lived at the Ingazas. Oh, in the Ingazas. Yeah. Well, how, but I mean, well, both of these, both of these are very communal yeah. living situations. I mean, I, I went straight to the Connollys because there was just so many of us in a tiny environment. I know. Think about it. We That, that first situation, there were nine of us in you know, a 3,000 square foot house yeah. with a giant yard. And then we moved in with 10 people into an 850 square foot house. With another family of four in the tiny back house. Yeah. Like on a lot that's like just a little bigger than the house. <laughs> you <laughs> totally. know, it was amazing. I wrote this down. Like it's like more, for me, the more people there are, like, like there's a balance here, but more people and there's less pressure. Mm. Like for me, what, what what I clearly see there is our kids connecting to the other kids, and then there's all of this, there's all this hoopla and daily rhythm, and and in you know, and I wanted to play with that horse and this that and like all right, let's do a circle, like all this activity and energy, and that helps me kind of unconnect from there and get focused on some work stuff, which is nice when you have like a place to actually do work, which you know wasn't ideal in any of these places, but the but you know you you get you get by the um. The point, like, and I think what's interesting right now for anybody listening to this is you do not have to go on the road to make changes significant to in, to impact these three areas: your everyday relationships, your place, and your uh, things. Mm-hmm. Right. So your people, your place, and your things. Like, you do not have to leave to go deeper on some of this stuff. To me, I don't really, we, I get so stuck in ruts that it can be hard to like rejigger rhythms with or connection with Aiden, our son or, or Etni or, you know, or even you without like just living in the same place. What I've always defaulted to is like, let's, let's clean out our closet and go with 33 things for 33 days. Yeah. And that kind of completely just <laughs> hits my head and is a shock to the system and there, it almost feels like I've been traveling. You yeah, know? you're you, you're a sucker for those little. They're almost like gimmicks. You're like, ooh, we'll we'll like. We call them life hacks. We'll in put the biz. we'll put stickers on our computers. And then <laughs> have a I'm whole new outlook. My, I'm gonna switch my productivity system to sticky notes. <laughs> oh now I'm gosh. really cooking. <laughs> okay, what's your what's your uh, <laughs> second point? Uh, my second, I mean, this is mostly true for me. I think that for anybody that is is open to or wanting to explore you know travel or kind of really changing up the ecosystem for me and this a lot of this has has been since covid but just really struggling to find time for creative projects and being consistent and Mm. having sort of the the momentum like it's i think that you know, some of the people in, in this world and, and even some of our good friends, they've really made their creative projects and their content about the lifestyle of traveling. And so I don't want to say that that's easier, but it's a yeah. little more baked into like mm. what they're doing. It's like, it's, it's, it might be better to, it might be easier to cook good meals for your family when you're running a blog about cooking meals for a family. In an RV. <laughs> yeah. Like you're going to, you're going to probably figure that piece out. I'm trying to run women's circles yeah. and that has been a challenge while traveling and yeah. having no childcare and you know, that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. um, I think that that's, I, I think that it's important to not have illusions about like 
I, you know, I, I fucking hate it. I just saw someone on Instagram the other day, like, this is my morning work routine and I did all these 18 things. Oh, well, children played at my feet. It's like, my children don't fucking play at my feet. And if they do, they're like, yeah. by the, by within 30 minutes, they're so like blown, like just in, they're terrible. They're, they're, you know, vital, sensitive, interesting children. Yeah. They don't. They don't, you know, they need, they need, like, I'm not saying they need me to entertain them 24-7. They don't. They're actually really independent kids. But they, it definitely doesn't work for me to just be, you know, on on and off my computer or on and off my phone all day. Like, that really wears on them and on our relationship. Which is a very critical piece of this. I mean, uh, people more than ever are zooming into work and doing all this stuff. So, so you're used to and doing it from home. So, now everybody's got a little bit of a, of a master's program going in how to how to actually take that space. Yeah. I always worked from home. I always it's hated it. It's the worst it. thing because, listen. Listen, I just have to say this. This mm. is so important to acknowledge that women are getting the butt fucking end of this deal. Mm. That was maybe a bad combination of words. No, I it's probably perfect. It. <laughs> it's probably perfect because listen, there is no way that men who are working from home are experiencing yeah. the same amount of like anguish that women are. Yeah. Well, you have a particular story in this family, in this family, especially mo- almost I am know, not- a lot of the emotional labor falls onto you. I, I, I don't doubt that there's some families out there where it, they do a better job. Of- I'm, I'm sure that there are, but statistically it's yeah. women who are bowing out of the workforce right now. It's women that are absolutely like have no time for themselves and no time to, to maintain yeah. the things and I know that you're would gonna keep them sane. You're going to hate me for this. And a lot of people are going to hate me for this. Uh, you know, it's, it's totally along more traditional gendered stereotypes. And, you know, you can break the mold, do whatever you want. But I personally am uh, like we, we have pulled apart the stereotypes and the norms. You, Melissa, have always like made more money than me. For example, you have always had more of a drive to be, you know, to be, uh, successful in in areas i mean i've had my own drive but it's like it's not like it's ever going to be satisfying <laughs> like i'm trying to be like robin williams or something like it's a it's impossible you know <laughs> or justin timberlake one of the two right it's like there's no satisfaction and i'm kind of okay with that you've actually accomplished your dreams and then moved on to other dreams and that and 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 like I have, you are the accomplisher. You are successful. You are so capable. You, my, I'm not like, I have no bone in my body that doesn't think you can't do anything that you want to do. It is not, a, it is not about capability. It is not about any of that. I, I also see the way that your connection with our kids was so different from the labor and the, the, the pregnancy to the breastfeeding to the like, like to the actually loving them and not like going through (laughs) bouts of of like viscerally finding it quite challenging to be around them you know (laughs) in the same way and actually i think you do experience that you just you just have better values around this stuff so for me i it's an it's an escape i I admit it it's a way out to just go melissa's better at this you know Mm -hmm. um so you know I want to step back that language in some way, but at this, but I do, I love men and women who are fierce and interested in what they are looking to accomplish, right? And when they have a meaningful long-term partnership, especially when there's kids involved, where these, this dyad finds a way to make this work because it is fucking harrowing. It is hard. 
it is challenging. It is hard. Someone is sacrificing. Someone is getting hit. And actually, what's interesting is we, you and I, have traded those roles over time in some ways like some in certain areas like no I not was really building, i was building a startup and there was no there was no like uh like and your business you were building your business and you were also taking over like a vast majority of the of the child care things as well figuring out doctors and and uh and schools and and all of that jazz you know i've i've always felt grossly unprepared for 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 all of I, listen I, there's 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 the conversation doesn't have to be about i don't believe that everything has to be split 50 50 for things to work that's never been right. my belief and we can absolutely play to our strengths i have tremendous strengths when it comes to sort of managing affairs so to speak you do it's so and, and it's like I'm, that's part of our diet that's just one of the yes, things in our and partnership so, so i can i can own that i can i can hone that i can cultivate that but it comes at a cost it comes at a cost relationally yeah it comes at a cost personally for me emotionally physically i mean i'm, I'm paying some of those prices right now mm-hmm. of you know two decades of my life giving 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 yeah. and not having rhythms that sustain me so that I get to a point of burnout and then I need a lot, yeah. right? This is like the the, yeah. the thing that I have really thought a lot about this year. It's like, you think you don't have time to go to the gym and like, or do yoga in the morning? Well, you're not going to have fucking time for the, the three specialists you need to see a week when your pelvic floor gives out. And like, you know, it's not, you're not going to have more time for that. Like yeah. take take the time that you need yeah. and that's not something that i've historically been good at right. it's not something that we have historically set ourselves well yeah. up for so that that is possible not just for me but for for our entire our entire like and unit this is in the context of your second point which is on uh on it's hard to get your time for creative work specifically you mentioned but it is it hard like for me to get my time so it's it, we're talking about you know what, what is probably the common parlance is self-care which is i'm fine with but there's it's a, i think a little little more in terms of i guess athletic point of view it's like i want to be at a close to peak performance like i and when i think about peak performance i think of my my energy with the family like after work or you mm-hmm. know when i'm getting time with my son it's like like that that is a function of what i had for breakfast and how well i slept last night it's a function of how i feel about my body and and how smooth things are going in my creative work or my my job you know and that kind of for you know for me personally i i've always taken that time that's always been my job is i go to some creative laboratory i lock the door i don't lock the door but like like i close the door and 12 hours later there's something to show for it that may or may not be (laughs) useful or good you know and i talk about insecurity that's so i feel i always have feel felt justified in that because of what i'm the kind of work that i'm doing and what you would admit i think that i'm that i'm good at that but but with from that same argument like if you don't create the space for me to also have what you're describing it doesn't need to look exactly like yours does because i don't need the same things that you need right but if you don't create that space for me i will demand more of you when i break down and it it will cost you more it will hurt you more but it and 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 we find our rhythm through that we're we're like orbiting each other like that and we're figuring we get a wobble every now and again but finding that sort of regular like maintenance of it your is is the goal and and if we if we've burnt out 
and we find our way. There's definitely been those seasons where it's become like very clear. Oh, Melissa needs something different now, you know, and and we roll with that, right? So part of it is we're just so we're just so set set up. In some ways, we're set up so well for life together. In other ways, we're set up so poorly for it, you know. And being on the road is like getting a PhD in togetherness because Mm -hmm. all of this stuff becomes actually not harder just like less simple like you have to just figure out what we need we everybody has to figure out what they need yeah and then we have to come to terms on like well that's too much or that's not enough well some of it is is that when you're traveling everything it takes extra bandwidth if you do need to like suddenly see the dentist you have to figure out who you're going to see and and if you're going to be in a place long enough to see that treatment through or you know if a particular dentist doesn't work out then you might not have time to like find plan b um you know or if your your kids get sick i mean it's not that hard to google where's the closest urgent care but at the same time it it like it takes something extra to not just know where the nearest urgent care is or whether the you know the weird sort of cobbled together health insurance situation you have is going to work at that nearest urgent care and whereas when you just live in portland oregon and you have providence health care it's like you just know you just where know to where go going. you but know what this to do. is where this is where like high like neither of us uh are like you are so you are like a human spreadsheet in some ways right and this is where getting some of that information out of you and into for example a notion template for any location that we're, this is where there is some, there is some, there's a product for us to make probably <laughs> that's like, Hey man, here's the, here's, you want to, before you get there, here's the few things to, to know about every place you're going to go. Yeah. Right. Based on where you're staying. Hey, and then here's like a personal body checklist. Like what are the things that you need? Like you have need, needed some dental work on the road. I haven't been to a dentist in five years. Yeah. You probably need dental work too. I probably need so much dental work. Fuck. <laughs> You want to talk about? Don't let's not talk about it. <laughs> but like, <laughs> we're talk about letting your pelvic floor collapse. But the but the like, you're not allowed to go to the dentist. The, exactly. So the that kind of like, what you end up putting on hold for the sake of being on the roll is is important, and it's like very notion templatable. You know, it's very like, oh, I have a, I'm in the middle of a process for this, but that's not how I think. It's a little bit more how you think, but neither of us really spend the time to do it. Uh, But like, that's not true. There's more. You you don't know what my notion looks like. Yeah, you do a great job. The there's just there's just more that we could uh, we could. There's just always unexpected things. Yeah, uncertainty. Uncertainty, and that's the thing. It's like you can have your perfect notion template, but then you know, you need to see a urogynecologist. Yeah. yeah. And that was not in the template and they're expensive to see. Yeah. And they also have a four week waiting period mm-hmm. because they're busy and I wasn't going to be here for four weeks. Yeah. You know? Anyways, the point being this kind of stuff, taking, t- taking time for yourself. And it sounds like we're getting into quite a bit of like, you know, depending on your age, like what kind of, of, physical uh ailments you might discover on the road or things yeah. like dental well, dental physical these kinds of things are a big deal so i feel yeah. like we should we should lock it in there really what we're saying is 
take care of yourself take care of yourself and and, and do it as a team like be honest with each other yeah you know, take care things- of yourself because you because you don't know what might deteriorate and you don't know what might what not taking care of yourself might accelerate the deterioration of yeah yeah right okay so my that's a great one my third one is this uh being on the road has helped me to see the rhythms of our life right I think this is something we've kind of spoken to already in some ways, but these kinds of rhythms that like Jess was always talking about rhythms in, in there's another podcast that we're going to be, we've done with another couple friends of ours that I'm really excited about, but it's just not ready for airing yet. Um, not an episode, like a full separate <laughs> podcast. And one of the things we get into there is these, is, is rhythms of, of life for your family, right? Creating a family formation is one of the episodes. And, and one of the things that comes up often is these rhythms, these rhythms. I love this word because when I got on the road, what you notice is that you can have all these intentions around, like, this is what we're going to do. This is what kind of people we're going to be. But eventually, all of that fades away. Eventually, and you, you're just you're, watching reruns <laughs> of spirit. <laughs> and eventually, you, you realize what rhythm happens by default. Yeah. There's a default stuff that happens. And for me as a meditator, default stuff is the most important. Because if you can fully surrender and come to terms and accept what's happening by default, well, then you can be motivated not by resistance to that or a version of that. What if, what if the default rhythm is really not working? Then, but you, you cannot find the way that fix it. You cannot find the, the path out of there until you come to terms and an awareness of what, it, what, is, what is the default rhythm. But you're bang on. That's what ends up happening is there's a default rhythm where for me, uh, Mr. Exhausted and hard on himself because I'm supposed to wake up tomorrow and be fucking somebody that I I am clearly not yet, right? And I don't know how I'm going to do it. But it's going to take way more time than I have. And in order to do it, I got to like make my kids and my wife mad at me, right? Is some of the ways that my mind will work around that. That's your story. It's my story. It's just, it's just big to say it like that, I guess. But like in in that situation, these what what ends up happening by default, these default mode states, uh, you know, too much. If I had my druthers, I'd be watching a lot of TV. I grew up with a lot of TV, and that was like my way of connecting with my dad. Like it's the only way we like we'd just be sitting silent watching the same thing, and like it's not the most rich form of of interpersonal, spiritual, emotional connection. But there is a connection there. You know, and <laughs> neither of us had to do any work for it. You know, but the default rhythm, the default rhythm for me would have more of that, would, too much of that. It's like, hey, babe, we're all tired. Let's just, we got to the hotel. Let's just do this. It's like, no, I want to go see the ducks do their walk in this hotel in Nashville, Memphis. <laughs> Memphis. Sorry. You know, uh, that the default n- rhythm should be intentionally curated. You know, and and my so my point here is that you will you will have intentions before and what what are basically expectations and fantasies. Mm-hmm. Then you will come. Then you will be in the real life situation. Yeah, and you will realize what your you know default mode is. Yeah, and then from there, that's actually that's the beginning. That's the beginning. It's like mile seven of a of a run is the is when all the emails are gone now. Mm. 
Now yeah. I'm actually on the run. So now that's the beginning of the run for me, you know, and I can do, you know, sometimes you can go longer and sometimes you can go shorter from there, but like, that's what yeah. it's like on the road. That's the beginning actually. And that's cool. That's well, I, I once like, you know that, you know, in that particular example, you know, to run for that longer, longer. You know, once you get like, and being on the road has taught us that. Now I'm, yeah. I'm talking to people who maybe haven't been on the road or dream, dreamt about or wonder, I'm like, Hey, just, you know, that's the truth. And yeah. it takes a lot of, of risk and novelty to get there, you know, which is, which is awesome. And the, the whole point is you're going to have what it takes to survive that because divorce is too expensive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about what it costs emotionally, what it costs the ki- physically yeah. and time. You know, it's like, so you're going to have what it takes because, and then you're, and then from that point, you might actually go, it's, I actually like it when it goes well. How can I? How can I like incentivize myself? How can I create the incentives for myself yeah. and my crew so that it goes well? You know, yeah. and and what it's, I found there crazy. is like Netflix and donuts. It's crazy. <laughs> no, those are the words, but they work every time. But they have such a hard consequence. Yeah, they really. They just crash. totally, totally work against you in the end. Short term gain, long term pain. Yeah. Yeah, I think that. I mean, I was just having a conversation with a friend. Uh, their family just got on the road a couple weeks ago, and they will be on the road for a few months in an RV, like, you know, really kind of doing the whole thing. And their whole their whole world right now is about the expectations, the fantasies that they had about it. Yeah. And the ways that they sort of thought that they thought through all the scenarios and what it would be like, yeah. and it's really actually almost nothing like they thought it would be like. And that's not on my list, but it probably should be because there's just so much that you fantasize about and you think, oh my gosh, like, you know, we'll just, I mean, I'm such an interesting person. The only stretch of our travels that was relatively close to what I thought it would be like was our four months in Mexico. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's probably because we'd been going there for six years. And we knew it well. And because it's Mexico. Mexico is magical. It is. And so it it was the most like I thought it would be like. And the most like, oh, we're waking up in the morning and we're... This was not a resort town. It was not a... uh, Like it it was someplace we had... We knew knew people and... And 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 we had real rhythms there. It was like you go to... The bakery opens on this day, not that day. You've got to get there early because (laughs) otherwise... This is the only place you can get vegetables in town and they'll be gone by (laughs) 10. 10 a.m. and you know it's uh, like totally it was actually like that like and, and so anyways the the like the fantasies burn away which is a grace yeah it's a grace i think a lot of people who are getting into this are doing it because they honestly seek some adventure and the real life stuff you know where the where the fantasies burn away and where the real life happens so that's my last last one yes. there okay so you've got one more point here and then we can finish strong um so my last one which is a whole a whole doozy is I think that traveling has allowed us to find out which relationships can thrive under any conditions and I think we've discovered that a lot can't and the ones that can are have have become really meaningful relationships. Mm. Um, you know, so many of the people that we were very connected to before traveling, 
where the relationship looked a certain way and had all, you know, all the expectations and sort of um, ways that life looks together. Yeah. When, when that went away, some of those relationships weren't, weren't able to sustain. And I don't think that that's like, I'm not putting that on, on them or on anything in particular. If anything, we should put it on ourselves. I think it, it is our fault in some ways like those relationships weren't able to sustain or we didn't call them for a long time <laughs> you well know? there's some of that yeah they're like like there's relationships that thrive because you're just you're in the same place you know but there are also relationships that don't need that to thrive yeah and and we've sort of well, discovered this, which are a, which there's a thing where there's a thing where there's you don't need everybody that you know hmm Right. Some people, though, you really need. And being on the road is fun because you get to see people you haven't seen in a long time. You get to mix things up. You get what's called novelty. Right. Um, And it also helps you break from norms and all of these established rhythms and stuff like that, that uh, that like just is a shock to the system for better or for worse, you know. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, like, like I don't, I don't talk to Corbett very often, but we, like, I was just on the fizzle show with him. He was on the first episode here. That was our like Mm -hmm. catch up call, you know, and going, going, because like, I still feel very connected to him. Well, that's kind of what I mean. You realize which relationships have sort of the, the staying power to kind of go through different seasons well, and, who, and different who's, shifts. Who's like using, using your relationship to, for something in their life that may not be just the connection with you. Right. And, and who is like, like there's something about being connected to you that is, that is like meaningful to me or, you know, not to say it's not useful, right. It's probably useful too, but, but there, there are just all different kinds of relationships. You know, you have people you work with, you have people you you see at the coffee shop, you have people who you go to church with, or or who you go to yoga with, or there's people who you have dinner parties with in groups of six or more, and people you who have you have over just you and them. Yeah, you know, and and you realize over time that in all relationships you have expectations of each other. Yeah, and you have expectations you're you're getting something out of it mm-hmm. what you're getting out of it may not be something that they would necessarily be like hip with or complicit with if they knew that that deep down this is what you're using this relationship for or something you know uh and that's just human <coughs> you know that's just that's just humanity that's just being human you don't know what your motives are half the time when I take <laughs> when I take psychedelics sometimes I get a little too clear on what my motives are and I really don't like them and I, yeah. most of the time I, I've done like a, some sort of journey like that. It's been like the vast majority of it has been like a reckoning. Like, hey, do you know how much of a dick you are? <laughs> do you know how self-absorbed you are? Do you know how much you're not seeing the people in your life? Do you know how much they've given to you thinking you saw them more than you really did? Just because, you know, and, and that's a, that is just tough pills to swallow but it's where growth is it totally is and so for me being on the road those shifts and changes in relationships they allow for a renewed vitality both with new relationships and potentially over time with those relationships that had gotten kind of crusty stagnant sterile you know yeah more of an ability to see each other for who we really are 
mm-hmm. rather than who we were at one. Like I think of in Portland when I was, uh, you know, building Fizzle or even before that, it was Cocktail City. Well, I remember. I mean, there was a, t- a point in our life there where you you had undergone this kind of pretty intense transformation in in terms of your own you know your your inner world we could say Mm -hmm. and you suddenly were not quite the same like host entertainer that you had always been and there were people who were mad at you and they would express it it was like you know chase isn't fun anymore and and those to me that is an example of I mean, and that, and that's also fine for them to have that feeling, right? To right. be like, wait, this isn't like... I thought this was who you were. And right, it's and, like, and, and you've been... stop on the way. You've I, been I, tricking me or, you know, but but so much of it is, is coming to a reckoning with those expectations that others have of us, that we have of others, that we have of ourselves in relationships, that we need to show up in a certain way to be mm-hmm. accepted, to be loved, to be valuable, to be worthy, to be all of these things. And we get to kind of traveling has given us a chance to kind of put a lot of that sort of on the table yeah, and, and at least be aware of it. Not that we've like, you know, figured it all out, but we've been able to, to look at it a little more. Which is so valuable. Yeah. These are the most important relationships you're ever going to have in your life. Which ones? The ones you have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so worthwhile that they be, be, that they be built on the real thing. And you don't know what the real thing is. That's why you're tra- like, I'm looking forward to settling one day when I know what the real thing is, mm. <laughs> you know? And, uh, and, and like, you know, like right now we are, we are about to pack up where we are in Asheville, all of our things, which is not very much it, that we've learned to travel with, you know? Uh, we do have an cars. odd assortment of things that we travel with. But they are the things that we need, man. I, I know. Love it's, it. it's so weird. We have so little of so many of the things that people would probably think they need to travel and then we have such weird things with us like so many random body things (laughs) and so many crystals (laughs) and so many like oracle (laughs) oracle decks Yeah, and and just random like this. Uh, this knobby back roller is awfully large. You need to travel with this, <laughs> absolutely. Yes. And this big circular yoga wheel, yes, absolutely. Yeah. And this assortment of meditation pillows. <laughs> we had. <laughs> you two. can't just use towels where you get. No, we had two. Now we only have one. But the the you're right. Like like the, anyways, the the having having the things you need. We're about to put that all together into to our two cars. And drive to a new place. I, I won't say right now where. Uh, there's no reason why not to. But you know, anyways, stay tuned for more. But we're we got a 12 month lease somewhere. We have been looking to, you know, this coming here to Asheville to explore here has been about looking for a, the longer term place. Like we're not. I feel like we didn't. We we for a short time in the beginning we got into this to travel. Yeah. And at a certain point, it wasn't to travel anymore. No, it was to... It just to, became, we don't have a place. Well, and it became, a, you know, the quest, if we can come back to that original metaphor, the mm-hmm. quest was to find a place. Unfortunately, that may be a little too ambiguous of a quest. Yeah, I mean, like, early on in Portland, it was like, there's a little town outside of Portland called Hood River. And for years, it was like, it'd be cool to live out there. Don't you think it'd be cool? Yeah. I don't know. Would it be too in the country? Would it be, you know, and... and We should still just go there. No, there's no good school. There's no good school. Uh, the I mean, there people in there are shaking their hands going like, yes, there is. <laughs> just, you just don't trust it and believe in it or whatever. But uh, but the, the 
it started with this idea, this loose idea of like, yeah, I want to get laid. I had started, like, you know, you mentioned I was less of a fun partier than I was. And the reason why is because I, I had started smoking pot and meditating. And I was meditating before, but like I started getting really mellow and not wanting to hurt my body as much. Uh-huh. Not, it just felt like such a cost. The, I don't I don't drink at all anymore. The booze. And I I couldn't take the cost. I think, in, I think I'm going to need to be drinking a little bit. I got to find my my thing because anyways it's such a social engagement and where we're going it, it plays a little bit of a role but and i don't mind it i like inebriation i like knocking those barnacles off so yeah as my dad as my dad would say but but the 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 dream was like have some space have some land so it was like in my head there's a property to purchase somewhere and we'll discover it and we'll find it. Maybe it'll present itself like this golden chalice, like here it is, dude. You found it. Yeah. Um and Go what ahead I, and exit the forest. And now. I've lost my faith in that. That whatever it is gonna be is just gonna be this is fine. The, the, it's like all of the fantasy and all the specialness it's kinda burned off of it a little bit. But the the like the the desire to put down roots in a place that's going to have longevity is still very strong in in me and i think the place that we're going to next i don't know if it's going to be for forever i doubt that it is i I don't know if there's any such thing as forever for us yeah i think maybe that's the thing we have to reckon with the most and 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 balance with the needs of our kids and remember that like you know 15 years is not that long of a time yeah 15 years gets our daughter through almost through high school yeah, 15 years gets her through high school. So that's, we've been married for 15 years. Yeah. We did this amazing thing, and I'll get close <coughs> with this. Melissa, I love you so much. You've rolled with me through so many things. You just turned 39. Mm-hmm. I'm right behind you. And we're a really good team, a really good partnership. And when we were in San Diego, we had a date night where we went out to the cliffs, and uh, you had found. You, did you print off copies yeah. of our of our vows? Yes, that we wrote and read to each other. We wrote our own vows and and um, very silly, flowery vows. Very young, evangelical, sincere. I said meaningful. that I was going to put your needs ahead of mine. Boy, that didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Here I am with a blown out pelvic floor. Fifteen years later. <laughs> That's that doesn't mean what it sounds like it might mean. <laughs> but you know, we we printed these things out, these vows, and and you're like, we're going to do a ceremony where we're going to burn these vows. That's true. And this is in the context of like, I want you to commit to me for another 15 years. That's all I know that we're wanting to partner with each other for. And I I I still don't know how I feel about that. I I, I don't know who I'm going to be tomorrow. Is and I think that's kind of. What I you, demand 15 you, years. I think it's kind of what you deep down signed <laughs> up for. I demand 15 more years. It's <laughs> kind of what you signed up for. But the the funny thing was, is like we did this, like we were together, we were connected and we were spending some time and, and burned, your, you burned well, your Well, we vows. read both of the vows. Here's what yeah. happened. We read both of vows. We read both of them and I was like, fuck these vows. <laughs> I'm not, this is, none of these are my promises to you. And then you read your vows and you're like, actually, I've, I yeah. still promised quite a bit of this to I you. I didn't want to burn it. Yeah. And then I think we even, like, you were like, no, we're going to burn these fucking vows. Yeah, I was like, well, we're burning them. I burned mine. They burned just fine. And in the process of me burning mine, I knocked over a, 
a water bottle and totally soaked your vows and then we went to burn yours and there was no burning it it wouldn't even light i was laughing my pelvic floor off yeah because it just felt it was so perfect you know wherever you are there you are and like being with what is life is constantly speaking to you life is the spirit is this is the psychedelic right life is the psychedelic you take psychedelics and you go whoa and you connect to it a little bit uh but <laughs> then you're in a real problem when <laughs> you're sober well, and, you're, <laughs> and you're in that state going like oh my god this is too perfect this is like this yeah. is too meaningful there's too port- there's too portentous you know well it was basically the universe saying to me melissa those were not appropriate promises yeah, yeah. and chase good job <laughs> good job you were you were a little young and eager but young and eager you didn't know what you're doing and that's what we've always loved about you yeah i love you babe i love you too all right how'd you like that that's my wife isn't she awesome don't you love her check her out at melissa reeves.com it's like melissa but with two l's and one s instead of the other way around but don't ever call her melissa <laughs> I uh, loved having her on the show. I'm glad you got to meet her for the first time here. Some of you may already know her, but uh, she's the real deal. Woman's worker, MelissaReeves.com. Check it out. Uh, and I hope this was useful to learn some of what we've learned on the road. It's a real deal being out on the road. It's a, it's not pretend, you know, and, and I like that about it. I really do. And I'm looking forward to not being on the road anymore. Shout out to Pact bags.com slash chase pack supports us and i love making that travel backpack with them and again that that coffee kit is epic all right see you on the next one I'm proud of my-